Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. Welcome to episode 41 of the podcast. If you're returning to the podcast after listening to the episode with uh, Jeff Wedding, uh, we appreciate you coming back, that's for sure. But a little warning on the front end, we our podcast isn't normally that good. Well, that's one way to put it. Our podcast uh, does more or less focus on video games, but we've been, uh, we were looking forward to having him on for a long time. So if you stick around, you... You might hear other cool things, and Blake does try to push more le- less well-known movies and stuff like that for people to hear on the and, end of episodes and uh, and TV shows like yeah. today. And I guess Jeff, if any of Jeff's friends listen, Jeff says a lot of his friends do play uh, video games, so you'll hear about video a lot of video games on this podcast you've never heard of. Some good, some bad, some great, I guess. Some this is uh, this episode we're going we're, we're we're digging deep into some. Definitely some stuff you haven't heard of, but we'll get to that in one second. I skipped it on the last episode because I want to get to Jeff as quick as possible, but I will do a quick social media rundown. Um, we're trying more recently to really focus on the Twitter page because we feel like Twitter might reach more people than Facebook does, so you can find us. You just search our podcast name on Twitter and we'll come up. Uh, the Twitter handle is really just the first letter of, of each of our the name because our name is too long for Twitter. So, but if you search our podcast name, we'll come up on Twitter. Uh, we do. We would like to get folks on our Discord to, uh, you know, talk with us about stuff. We have all. We have a Discord server and a bunch of different channels on there uh, dedicated to the different parts of the podcast because the podcast actually has a a lot of stuff in it at all times. Um, and we do. We have been uh, really been using Twitch uh, a lot. I know a lot of podcasts do Twitch. We'd like to. You know, jump in on that. We have been twitching our co-op games more than anything, but we had a, took a little break from co-op this past weekend because we had two weekends because we've had some single-player stuff We're trying to, get to focus on that was leaving Game Pass. But we um, came back, I think, last night. Well, Blake, uh, Blake was, we started streaming. Uh, we have a VR game from Gamefly, so if you want to see us futz around in a VR game on, a, on there, we'll we be streaming that for the next couple of days probably. Um, but yeah, we like to, we live like to get people on the Twitch and interacting with us and stuff like that. What else? And then there's all the, the normal stuff: the Facebook, the Instagram, uh, the Reddit that I ironically still never use. I'm gonna forget some. Uh, um, Spotify. Yeah. yeah, the Spotify playlist, which I need to add the last song to. I need to add that last song to the playlist. Uh, the pl- Spotify playlist. If you search the name of the podcast. We come up as both the podcast on Spotify and a playlist that's attached to our podcast that is every song that I've played uh, on the podcast. Except for that one song from, um, if, you, if you've been following the podcast, that was that one song from the movie Mr. Brooks, and I really didn't like that song. It was just the only song that was from that movie. Yeah. I don't like that band, uh, Asking Alexandra, I think it was. Yeah. I didn't put that on the, I didn't put that on the playlist because I really don't like that song, but... 
so you put True Survivor on the? Oh no, I don't. I don't know if True Survivor's on Spotify. I'll check, but anyway, don't get me. I'll probably add that on there too. But um, so that's what that is. I think that's it. I feel like I'm forgetting something. I don't think so. Well, yeah, it's email, but email. Oh crap! Yeah, the, the one thing. Our Patreon. Oh yeah. We have a Patreon page. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I think. I think it would email me if somebody joins it. I don't really have no idea how Patreon works, but we do have uh, only two 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 levels of Patreon right now. Um, level one of Patreon has uh, only a buck. And that will be access to, like, when I re- finish recording this episode today, I will put the, the audio without any kind of editing and any kind of, any, any of the fun stuff that I do after the fact. I post the unedited, full-length, uncut audio as a Patreon, like, early access thing, so you can actually hear all this mess before I fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, the level two thing, what we did was, I think, $3. I don't know what I think it's three. I have to look at it again. Is uh, we'd like uh, for anybody like once a month or more, if, if people end up ever doing it, we'd like to have somebody pick any game on Game Pass, and me and Blake will stream a, a couple hours of whatever nonsense y'all try to put us through, depending on what the game is. Because we don't, we don't. Obviously, there's hundreds of games on Game Pass. So y'all could really throw a curveball at us, depending on what y'all decide to pick. And we'll play anything. Honestly, I don't. We don't really care what it is. For if, if it's for Somebody actively supporting the podcast will play any, any dumb thing you throw at us for, for a couple hours at least. At least, yeah. Yeah. And that could be, you could either pick who you want to who you want to do it or if it's something that we can play together, we'll do like that. That may even expand to playing with people if they want to play any kind of game with us. We like to play games with uh, some of the people. There's cool games out there. Yeah, there's a lot of cool co-op stuff. Like, a, well, not even co-op, uh, like Dead by Daylight would be fun to play with listeners. Yeah, again. Stuff, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, go to the Patreon. Is like anything else. You can just search our podcast name. It'll pop up, and you can hop on there and help us out. Because like we said before, when we when I watched the Patreon, um, we bought a bunch of stuff. You know pay, what Patreons are for. Usually, if people use them correctly, is to help fund the making of a podcast. I don't know what, if everybody does the same thing, but it would be like the equipment we the equipment we've got we've bought for the podcast is one thing, uh, which is you know at or out of our own pocket, which is fine. But it would help to have a little a little kickback is um, the awesome Devious Pixel art you see for all of our guests and our main stuff. Devious isn't free, of course, which he don't need to be because you know that's that's his living. Oh, yeah. we, we have no problem paying Devious because and he's always been super polite and nice to Blake. He's a really cool guy. So one, it would help us pay for those kind of things. Two, again, go 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 get some work done with Devious because Devious Pixel you can find him on Instagram. So to get something done with him. You should have seen our more recent, most recent one. We did a lot of work. Well, Blake put a lot of effort in, into getting Jeff's, trying to have Jeff's um, uh, key art, whatever you want to call it, uh, represent, have all three of his movies in, in the in the art, which was pretty cool. So I felt that he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, Jeff loved it. Um, anyway, I think that's enough rambling for me in the social media. We would really appreciate any kind of support and stuff like that, even if you don't want to, do a Patreon to share the podcast. That's that always helps. Like you hear us every if you're listening to podcasts avidly, you know that's one thing people like to say is just share it, tell people about it, play the games, you know, watch the movies, watch the TV shows, listen to the bands we talk about, and talk to us about it. So the Discord's for you know, tell us about them, tell us you did it, write us anything, you know, any of the, any of the fun stuff you do to, you know. yeah, yeah, 
I'd like to hear what people think about some of this, some of this cool stuff. We pick obscure things, I know, so it could be some uh, diamonds in the rough people never heard of. We talk about some really cool stuff on here, I feel like, obviously. Most of the time. We're biased. It's our podcast. Yeah. And we pick, we pick everything that's on here. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of me rambling. I will switch over to our, uh, we're doing our, our normal two games. Two games and I think a TV, TV show. A TV show today, yeah. So then I'll let Blake lead the way with the first video game. Our first video game is called Heimrich. It was released uh, June 19th, 2018 uh, from a developer called Below the Game. They are a Colombian studio that only has 12 people. And uh, they've been around since, I believe, 2016, and they've made a total of four games. This being their most recent rendition. And everything seems to be of a similar style. Are they all their games been on console? I think this is the only one on console that I can oh, find. Okay. I don't know if we've seen some before and didn't know it was the same people. Because some of them are uh, only on tablet or mobile. or Yeah. And the other titles are Chong B or Chong Bai, The Bull Johnson, and Cinder Ella. <laughs> and uh, the Cinder Ella seemed to be their mo- most popular one uh, b- before Heimerich. Mm. And it seemed to be a, uh, it was a teach children how to read game, mm. similar to this one. Like we, we'll get to in just a second. This is uh, Heimerich. I couldn't read before this game. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Mm. Uh, I are smart. Um, now, Heimrich is, it's a puzzle platformer, mm-hmm. but in reality, it's a, an interactive storybook. Yeah, it's definitely a puzzle platformer because you, I did die a lot from platforming. Likewise, <laughs> I did. You, you could call it, it's not a good platformer. It's not Mario, but it's but it's there is jumping and you have to make jumps occasionally. Like I said, it's an interactive storybook, and how that works is each. Okay, you have the real world where Heimrich and everybody lives, but then occasionally, due to what Heimrich is, or the magic that Heimrich possesses, and a few other people in the world, uh, they're called word warriors. And they can read stuff into books or read stuff out of books. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, similar to the movie I talked about a while ago called Inkheart with the yeah. Silver Tongues. Yeah, this is more violent. This though. is much more violent. And he's surprisingly violent, so like there's. Well, he he slices his hand the, with a with the, a with a fountain pen to the, go inside the book. Yeah, he does have to use his own blood to. I think they all have to use their own blood to use their magic. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty. It's basically think of it as like an '80s slasher flick. He pricks his finger and it squirts like four gallons of blood. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> it's now. Because you have the real world and then you have the books. Once you're inside the books, that's where... Is it books, plural, or the book he's carrying around? Because he gets pulled into other people's books. Does he? Mm-hmm. Or not, not, not play far enough? Well, because when you fight some of the bosses, they pull you into theirs. Okay. And then some of the boss battles are in... The, yeah, because they don't... They, the, some, of the, some of the other... Okay. That's bot, fine. Yeah. Well, hey, I will lead with saying I'll, I'll, I'll keep... I'll share some of my thoughts. I didn't finish the game for various reasons, but Blake did. 
keep going. Okay, sorry. Um, before I delve too far into the book, into the book, into the game, um, the art style uh, is it? It's in color. Well, like, I think inside the books, there's hints of color throughout. That there are obviously the blood's obvious red. The what's the normal color? Because the, the normal because it looks like it's hand, like a hand draw, like a cartoon, but the, it's not black and white. What's that color? It's not sepia. It's yeah. like like washed out, maybe kind of a washed out, like a like a super faded, almost purple black. Like it, is it the default? Like a like a faded ink, almost kind almost of, like, like a, a faded like, ink. Or is the, the the general color of the 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 whole what the whole game looks like? And then there's splash. I think there's like splashes of color, or, or is it just splashes? I mean, I mean, I didn't play at all. Is it only just splashes of blood? So well, no, because when you fight some of those bigger enemies and like their weak spots glow red and stuff like that, still like more, still more red. So is it yeah. just the normal color and then just bouts of red? There's fire. No, because some of the ice was blue. A blue ice. There was fire. I thought so the, I think all the, the magic is colored while everything else yeah, is kind of the dragon with fireballs and stuff. And your pet cougar. Yeah. But the dragon and the cougar went in color, so I think it's just the magic, magic that's blood. actually in color. Yeah. Well, again, blood magic, so it still counts the magic. Yeah, that's true. And it's all, it's all, like, oh, the art style is like like two D, like not shadow puppets, but like they move very. Yeah, how do you explain that? Um, basically, just have they don't have elbows or knees; they just have like, like only hinges on their arms and legs, like they're just their arms and legs kind of wave and. Yeah. Stuff like that. And, that, and everybody's got gigantic heads. Oh, yeah. They're very, very cartoony. Though yeah. the story it represents, not so much. Yeah, it's pretty adult. Is this game, what was the game? Was this like, was this, was it a violence to call this? Was this M rated or was this 18? I think it was, it was teen. Because, like, I think you only get mature ratings if, like, there's, like, nudity it, and it, stuff. Or if it looks realistic. Yeah. This is a, car, a very bloody cartoon, but. Uh, it may be. It definitely wasn't E for everyone. So I'm, I'm going to say teen just because the amount of blood. But there's no. Cussing and stuff. No cussing. No, I. Oh no! I think a few people get eaten. So I think there's some violence. Who were eaten at the beginning? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely teen. But that's kind of it. About it's hard to explain the art style, but you'll see the art style more um, when I post Instagram pictures and stuff like that. You can scroll through those. Mm-hmm. Now the whole point of the story is, uh, the game starts with Heimrich in a village with his mother. Mm-hmm. Who's like really oblivious to how bad the world is. Yes. <laughs> and so, the... I don't want to like talk about the story too much and ruin it. But basically, the king is... it the king? It's the king of the land, isn't it? Yeah, the king of the land. I played as far as where I was trying to get into the castle or something. Because you have the king and then his four word warriors. Mm-hmm. There's like an ice mage, a ninja assassin, a doctor who like poisons, and then there's another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, they're basically trying to conquer the land, mm-hmm. re- reconquer the land. He's a king, so obviously, but there's been an uprising against his powers, like the rebels are rebelling, to so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And when they attack, uh, Heimrich's village. Uh, it's discovered by accident that he has word warrior powers, and those are very, very rare. Mm-hmm. 
Again, there is the Kings Four and Heimrich, and that's it. They, he shouldn't. He's an anomaly who shouldn't exist. And so, you get your first taste. It kind of, I think you're. I think your first taste is battling that. You no, know, you're battling a goblin. Mm-hmm. You're battling a goblin and some trolls because the they've sent monsters into the village and they're coming in after. And so this is where the game's like core mechanics go into. As like I said, it's an interactive storybook, and you're literally running along the words through yeah. like layers. Like, like, like a, it's like a castle set up, and the words run along the under the under the floor, and it's narr- kind of narrating what's happening. There's no voice acting, unfortunately, but it's narrating uh, what's happening as you run along. And you'll notice almost right away that some of the sentences are worded oddly, or they use words that wouldn't normally be used in a sentence or they phrase it which normally wouldn't be done because as you go through uh you're in order to solve the puzzles and uh do the platforming you actually have to interact with the words and you can bring them to life like it won't like one of the early things is you have to battle a goblin and as you're reading it you're like it says without a shield or sword Heimrich could do nothing but run away and so you would run away from the goblin back up to the word sword and hold your interaction button, and he would pluck the sword out of the story and have himself a sword. Yeah. Run, and when it says you know, he had nothing but a sword and shield to protect himself from the goblin, when you run up to the word goblin, a goblin pops out of the word goblin. Mm-hmm. So it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's really neat. And uh, one, of the, one of the super early ones is... Uh, talks about bridging the gap between kingdoms and there's a huge gap at the word gap and so you run back to the you have to like back to the word bridge run back to the word bridge pluck the bridge lay the bridge over the word gap so that you can get out and it's mm-hmm. it's actually I liked it it was surprisingly intricate and some of the puzzles albeit and were obnoxious yeah so I, I do somewhat wish I played it all the way through but due to the it's hard to explain if you're not playing the game but due to the nature of some of the puzzles some of the platforming and some of the combat when everything kind of happens together um the the game kind of trips over itself a cumbersome a, a, it, it gets real cumbersome in the controls and what you're trying to do and how many things you're dealing with I was just not having a good time and I, when me and Blake tried to tell our, told ourselves a while back we used to play I only mentioned this in the very beginning of the podcast back in the day that we used to play. We used to try to beat everything. We everything that came on GameFly, everything we bought, we we tried to at least beat it. Yeah, whether we, we really... hate whether we hated it or not, we're trying to get as many achievements achievements as as possible. But finally, a couple of years ago, I feel like we finally just we, we sat down, we talked about it. It made me before the podcast. We're like, we got to stop because playing. We have like an endless backlog, and we got to like start dropping games that we're not enjoying. Like if you're just a couple hours in, you're just not having a good time. There's no harm. We 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 like break our break it in our heads. Like there's just no harm in quitting if you're not if you're not enjoying it. Just stop. Because it's a lot of thing had a lot to do with like we spent money on it and all this yeah. other stuff, and we wanted to get our money's worth or get. Yeah, we bought Heimrich. Blake had already beat Heimrich, so I, I didn't feel as bad quitting it, uh, and he did seem to enjoy it a little more than I did. But. And don't get me wrong, there are some frustrating parts, and you have to understand the mechanics of the game. Yeah, I think I think understanding is one thing, but 
also getting the being able to put it into practice putting it into practice and the the timing it requires to do certain things i think is too tight yes they could have loosened up the timing on a couple of things and made it a little i think i think it is too hard at, at times that like harder than it needs to be and it's also even though it's got words a lot of the time to kind of telling you what to do it's still somehow managed to have literally have words telling you what to do it still somehow manages to be too vague sometimes. You're just, I just like, you're just like, I don't know, I don't know what you want me to. It's literally telling you what to do, and you read it like four times. I'm like, I don't know what. I, mean, I guess I'm retarded because I don't know what you want me to do. Okay, here's an and, example. And I had a guy who was trying to explain it too, and I'm just like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. And I, I, I played a couple hours of it, and, I, and when, when I finally, I told Blake, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. He had a part that I had a part that Blake did for me. I gave up on one part. I was like, I can't do this. He's like, you want me to do it? I was like, yeah, I guess. And then I played a little while after that, and I was like, I can't. I'm not going to keep asking you to do nonsense for me that I don't like. And, I'm, and apparently, I ended up not liking so many parts that it was better for me to give up and then let you share the better the parts that you because I'm, I'm I'm sure I missed out on a lot of cool wordplay and other things like that. But and the the story itself was actually really good. Yeah. Like surprisingly, mm-hmm. like it makes for a pretty good medieval fantasy style setting. Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff, which I won't, like, I'll tell you off air and explain it to you, but I don't want to ruin it for people yeah. who are okay. Because it actually. If you're going to do the hard work, you want, you, want to, you, want to, you want to get that story. It is a good story. And like I said, I, I really enjoyed the art style. Um, none of the music really stood out to me, but I remember it being pretty good, kind of epic at moments. Yeah, I didn't pre, I didn't pre get music for the podcast, so who knows what I have. But uh, like an example of what Drew was talking about with. Um, because the uh, during a particular boss fight, the one he was talking about, you're on a cougar, a, a pet cougar you acquire. I'm not gonna say how, and you're running from a dragon. I'm not gonna say why you're in that particular situation, but you're running away from this dragon, and it tells you at the start of of all the boss fights, like look out for these words, and the dragon's keywords were arrow, bundle fireball and claw so as you're running through these words are highlighted i think in green might have been red again and as you're running through them as soon as the word claw comes because it's on a scroll like it's a scrolling past the screen kind of like an old-timey cartoon where it's just rolling past Mm -hmm. behind and so when as soon as your cougar the word um claw you run over the word claw you need to jump no you need to duck is claw jump or duck? The claw means you need to duck because he's swinging at you. Fireball, you need to jump. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you figure out the boss's pattern because every boss has a very distinct pattern, and it's kind of re-rolls the same dialogue. It's like, and then he threw his claw, and then he slashed his claws at you. Duck at claw. He inhaled and blew a big fireball. Jump at fireball. You, and then while all this is going on, you're figuring out the dodging pattern. You have to keep an eye out. For arrows, or no, for bow and bundle, because you have to pick up a bow, mm-hmm. and then pick up a bundle of arrows, and then at one point there's a thing called, I think it says Anchor, or Akron, and you have to shoot this particular thing to make it fall on the dragon, but all these things have to go in order. If you don't pick the bow, you don't pick the arrow, you won't get the the Akron lantern, or whatever however you, however you say that word to appear, and, you ha- and it, it's a lot to try to remember... Mm-hmm. It's a very, you have to be paying attention. 
and you have to be on the ball because it's like because Heimrich's life bar is his name spelled out in blood and every time he gets hit the blood drains away and so in most cases you know yeah. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how many hits it is your average hit took away a letter from like your standard goblin like a boss I think a boss can't you two or three times mm-hmm. maybe two but like I well here's a here's, here's a health bar in bosses like when, when you're when you're fighting a regular goblin or an ogre I guess it is instant death then most well, of them. no he t- he took damage because remember when you did that that right. big troll he maybe, would hit maybe, you maybe it's just falling on spikes or it was like instant death. environmental deaths are always instantaneous yeah anyway but see I know that sounds vastly complicated but yeah. it is in practice too like, I didn't I was not enjoying I beat the dragon but. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I struggled. And I got mad and I yelled at the game. I was like, oh, you're stupid. But I ended up, I mean, I beat the game. And it only took me about five, six hours yeah. yeah, total. And I did get the 1K thanks to a guide. Yeah, I did not. I feel bad. I feel like I couldn't get to a five-hour game. It, um, would you call it, it'd be 2.5D, right? Because you have to shoot some of the arrows into the background and stuff. Yeah, you don't you don't run into the background, but you can. Um, you're interacting with the background, so it's kind of neat. Okay. You actually hide behind these shields when fighting. Because you, fight dra- you fight the dragon different ways. So when you fight it in the castle, it's shooting fireballs and fire at you. you got to pull these, pull the shields from the war- shields. Yeah, I remember that part. Up. I and then get the bow and arrow and like hide behind the shield and then like shoot backwards into the background to get the and then dragon. run up to get the cannon and shoot the yeah, cannon. The cannon. So that part was pretty neat. Like the game's filled with a lot of cool moments. Yeah, you could tell more than I mean. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna play. Is there any other any other cool boss fights? Uh, there's like a cool ice mancer. Oh, there's one really cool moment where you're actually it's a big huge story reveal mm-hmm. and. You find out that the uh, the Doctor Word Warrior isn't too keen on what the king is doing, but it's his friend, and he wants to support his friend while trying to be better. Mm-hmm. But there's only so much he can do, and so you get you get a really cool moment with the flashback of the Doctor, and the Doctor's playing with the uh, the fo- it's a woman, and she's a fire mage. Cannot remember her name though. I can't remember any of their names really, but he's in the flashback with the fire mage, and um, it's kind of weird because he wrote this book. He wrote this history of the king's. He's a scribe as well. He's a no. Uh, he's a, no. She was a doctor, and he was the, the court scribe. Sorry, it's just been a minute since I played, and I didn't write down the notes for the people because I didn't want. I I, I I was vague in my notes because I didn't want to accidentally spoil something for people. She was the doctor, and he was the court scribe. He wrote the laws. He wrote all the documents. So he wrote the king's history, and you're reliving the king's history because he actually pulls Heimrich to show, like, the king wasn't always bad. Yeah. And so it is kind of cool because you're going through the book, but you're playing as Heimrich, who is playing as the female ward warrior, Dr. Firewitch. And it's kind of cool, and how it does is there. it's one of those ones where you're playing in foreground and background and foreground and background, and you have to work. You've had puzzles like this before where you switch between two party members and work your way through a series of puzzles. You play as, you play as the other person? You bounce, Well, he's in the book with you, and then you play the other one, but you bounce back and forth <clears throat> for control, and you work your way through the history. And so that was actually, that was actually pretty cool, and it was yeah. a pretty good, awesome story revelation about... Like the, the history of word warriors and where they came from and stuff like that. That's cool. Huh. 
again, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but I enjoyed the game a whole lot. It is difficult. Or it can be. Don't let the cartoony, silly art style fool you. Yeah. It is difficult, but it is fun. I, I enjoyed it. Definitely unique. Yeah, I never played any. I never played anything like it before. Who knows if I ever will again? Who knows if the company will even do another game uh, like this? I don't know. I didn't see if they're because this is fairly a new game, so maybe they're working on doing uh, ports or something. Because as far as I can tell. Uh, this game is not on the Switch yet, so they're probably working on a port to bring it to the Switch, which would... If, if the game sold well enough yeah. on the other consoles. We bought it just based off of... Low well, TA. Probably, probably just probably, well, low, low TA, or maybe we'll watch it. We do watch trailers for video games, but... Uh, it's probably on sale, under 10 bucks, and there's a TA guide for it, and we're like, we'll knock it out. <laughs> um... <clears throat> I did take note, like, we talked about, we talked about oddly worded sentences. One sentence uh, I remember just because it sounded really funny was, like, you're in a desert setting, and the sentence goes, it was so hot, it was like he stuck his face into a torch. <laughs> and you're like, that's an odd sentence that no one would say, but you needed a torch to get through that puzzle. Yeah. So I just thought that, it was, it was, it was the only sentence I could actually remember that besides that and bridge the gap. It literally says bridge the gap, but uh, I I don't really have a whole whole lot more to talk about on it. Yeah, no more other fancy puzzles or anything like that. Where I quit, I'll say where I quit was a. I was, yeah, where did you quit? Oh, it was trying to smash these three dudes with the machines and in, in the mines. I thought you got that though, didn't you? Did I get, did I get past that? I thought I got it for you. I think you. Because yeah, it was a timing of enemies that run at you, and they but they don't run; they're, they they trigger oddly, or whatever, and then they have to run at you, and you have to like kill get all three, get all them. three with one. Because there's multiple machines on these tiers of this um, minecart thing, you have to get them to up to one of the machines. The machine comes down and smashes all three of them. If you if you miss, and the, the other other one just runs up and stabs you. I will Cause say because you, you ain't got a weapon at that point. This game. The experience for the game was ruined by acquiring the achievements. A lot of the difficulty, like that, that troll at the very beginning that made you almost quit, mm-hmm. and then the three dudes in the mines, and mm-hmm. I think there's some other points, are strictly tied to getting achievements. If you don't go for the achievements, I think you'll have a much better... I mean, there's still difficulty with the boss fights and figuring out some of the puzzles, but getting the achievements definitely takes away from the fun of the game. Definitely. I will say that hands down. I'm not, I'm not sure if we've mentioned that in, a, in any any other games. We have, have we thought about mentioning because there are games where I think we, we have. We would recommend maybe you don't go for the achievements because it does turn it into does turn a game into a drag or make a game because not all developers know what makes good achievements. Mm-mm. You know. But I just wanted to put that out there. Um, do you got anything else to add or any questions? Uh, no, I, just, I just don't know if there's any any cool puzzles I didn't know about. Obviously, you played. Like it's been a while since you played, but one of the cool, it, very complicated but very cool too is when you fight the uh, the assassin. Mm-hmm. His world is mostly blacks. It's like black on black, like with He's the art hiding, style, hiding hide in the shadows, and it's just pretty cool interaction. He's got his own pretty cool story, mm. but uh, yeah, because he has this. He's like a, also. I think he's a. His word warrior warrior style is like the shadows and stuff, but he brings out stealthy shadow creatures so you'll be fighting like 
what you think you'll be running by is like a shadow from a torch and it ends up being uh, his like shadow snake made it, and it was pretty cool mm-hmm. it was Comes to like a pop-up book you. yeah mm-hmm. yeah to try to so it was really cool I enjoyed it. It was a pop-up book interactive story adventure where you get to play through the pop-up book. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Like I said, if anything, it's extremely unique. Um, that's all I've got. I mean, I, I didn't finish it. I, I don't regret. I was I kind of don't regret not because I was. I, what happened to me? I was so annoyed by the gameplay that I wasn't. I was. I wasn't enjoying the story. That's that's, that's where I was. That's where I was torn. I was. I was messed up on. I just couldn't. By well, the time I got fought through a particular part, and I was reading the story, I just at a point. At a point, I was like, "Man, I don't care. This is. I'm, I'm having. I'm so not having fun. I don't care about the story." So, <clears throat> if you're better at the game than me, hopefully you can get through the. You, maybe you'll even enjoy the puzzles and then and be in the right mindset to enjoy the story that Blake says is uh, pretty good. That's all I got. Please play it. Yeah, not not on Game Pass right now. It is. You just buy it. It's probably. A, Probably normally a ten dollar game. We probably got it on sale. I haven't looked at an Xbox sale since I got Game Pass, so I don't know if it's on sale regularly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, we'll let uh, we'll we'll switch games now to a uh, uh, a extremely different game. Uh, still two D, uh, with no platforming though. There's a slight platform. There's puzzle solving, but there's no platforming. You can. It's minimal. Like jumping. I didn't jump the entire game. Oh, there is a jump button, so I think it counts. Or maybe it's just an automatic response because she. I don't. I don't think you. Anyway, I don't think yeah. you jumped that entire game. Anyway, right. we'll like go ahead and start with introducing right. our second game, another obscure game. This uh, this game is called Whispering Willows. developed by Nightlight Interactive. Uh, I didn't get uh, a, th- a thing on how many people because they're a very small company. They're all, and they're, I guess, new. They've, they're, they're based in California and they've been around since 2012, but they've only made two games. Mm-hmm. But as far as I can tell, is that they're still, they're still al- al- around. Alive? Is that your own yeah, alive? alive? Alive and well. <laughs> Now, they've made two games. The second game being called uh, Nomad, and I, I didn't find much about it. I just know no, that it's called Nomad. Nomad after this game. Before. Before. Okay. They've spent a lot of work on Whispering Willows because I think it was supposed to be. Because I have one kind of cool side note: is it originally came out May twenty seventh, twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. but it came out on the Ouya. Yeah. Portal console. Yeah, the micro console that was kickstarted for eight eight point five million dollars. Yeah, and then it, I think it lasted what a year? Not even. Not probably. even. It was an Android an Android gaming console. And uh, a week later, after it hit the Ouya, it came out on Windows, Linux, uh, Steam, OS, as well as uh, iOS. Uh, yeah, and then it hit uh, Xbox and PlayStation. 
And then four years later, in 2018, it hit the Switch. It's weird. Yeah. But I, I, like I said, I've said before, eventually everything is going to hit the Switch because it's super popular for some reason. Anyway. Um, two kind of cool notes about the game is that it's been translated in ten other languages, so it's actually gotten pretty popular, I think. Really? Mm -hmm. They got translated into ten other languages. Uh, the music for the game is done by a gentleman named uh, Steve Goldstein, Goldstein, and he actually has a, a video game music label called the Materia Collective. Hmm. And he himself is actually pretty popular. Uh, he, the Materia Collective is based out of Seattle, and they've been around since about 2015. Huh, that's weird. He must have made that, but he must have been attached to the game before he made his uh, company. But anyway, um, he's actually done music for uh, Crisis Core. He did music for Crisis Core, and a couple anything anything that involves Crisis before Crisis, after Crisis, mm -hmm. uh, for the Crisis Core. He did music for, or he did remixes for when America got him. Mm -hmm. Remixing some noble yeah. tracks. And another thing called Velasco. Velasco. I don't know what that is either, but that was attached to things he's been a part of. So he's the music was okay. It was more tran uh, transient and synthy. Mm. It was kind of no, not synthy. Well, no, synthy. I don't remember it at all. It, it was okay. I see all that stuff. I expected the music to be a lot better than it was, but I honestly don't remember a lot of music. <laughs> it was ambient and like piano. Ambient is the word you were looking for a minute ago. Yeah, what I say. Synth you said transient, but yeah. I think you meant ambient. <laughs> ambient. Yeah. I'm a, not a smart cookie. Now, uh, for genre gameplay, it like we said earlier, it is a it's a 2D side scroller puzzle solver. Uh, like Drew talked about, I don't think there's much platforming, if any. I don't so, think there's any. I don't. I literally don't think. I, I played it the other night. I don't think you. I, I beat the whole game in like two sittings, I think. And you don't. I don't think you jump at all. I know you fall a bunch, but that probably don't. Do you even fall? You have to fall down holes and stuff to do so puzzle solving to. Get back up to the other side to push the chest to make the bridge to make your shortcut. I think, but, just, like, I think that's just ladders and stuff. Mm. Now, it, it's 2D, but uh, I enjoy the art. The art yeah. was it's very... Another game that's cartoony nature is... Cartoony in nature, but very dark. Very dark. <clears throat> and again, no blood, but uh, let me get to the story a little bit is you play as Elena Elkhorn, who is looking for her father who has not returned home. Um, her father works at a place called uh, uh, the, it, the Whispering Willows, which is actually the name of a manor owned by uh, Wortham Willows. Mm -hmm. And your father works for this gentleman. And your father hasn't come home in like two days. And so you... Your mom's like, don't worry about it. He's just caught up at work. And so Elena sneaks out of home and goes to the, the manor to try to find her father. While doing this, she ends up falling into a, uh, like an under, like a catacombs, underground catacombs, and discovering the gimmick of the game. <laughs> Basically, is you get an amulet from a... Uh, a Native American ghost called Flying Hawk, mm -hmm. and it's a amulet. It's his amulet, and 
you find it and he gives you a whole tutorial on how to use it. But it's a shamantic, shamantic. Uh, it gives you the powers of, 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 of a shaman. It's just astral projection. Well, there's astral projection, becoming a ghost, and possession. Yeah. Becoming a ghost is astral. I mean, it ish. And uh, possessing, you don't get to possess any other people. I don't think there's any other people. You possess objects and drag them to you. And exactly. Stuff like that. So that might be more like psychokinesis and stuff like that. But it's all presented to she, you she as. She like, possesses it, I mean. Is astral projection and possessing. And so now you have to work your way through the manor, find it. It's kind of Metroidvania y. Because you go through sort of, except you don't get new new abilities. But you get the new the next tool, the key, and the this. There's and, a bunch of keys. It's a whole uh, bunch of keys, really, is what it is. Yeah. And talking to other because when you uh, when she astral projects, she can speak to the uh, other residents of the of the mansion. We'll mention that everybody in the mansion is dead, and has everybody <laughs> and has died horribly. Yeah. You see the little the little ghosts, and unfortunately, when 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 they're ghosts, they're still dismembered and cut they're, up, and they're a ghost of the last moment they were alive. Yeah. Sometimes this involves a uh, a butler holding his head on a platter. Yeah. Or missing your head entirely. Other times, it's people who have literally had their heads cleaved in with an axe, no axe, but their face is literally cleaved open, okay. and like. Again, there's no blood, but you see everything there. Yeah, it's gory. It's kind of hideous little 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 sprites of yeah. drawing. I mean, like they, they very did. well animated. Yeah, we, we you talked about art a minute ago. I want to go back to um, the intro. There's intro, and there's a few other things about the game. There's no voice acting, but the game does do. I don't want to say animated. It's kind of like. It's not comic books, but it's like it's a different. It's art. It's like it's, no, it's, it's a, sort of like a cutscene that kind of shifts around a little bit and like well, shifts from scene to scene. It's a it's a motion comic. Like they they they, they did Buffy season eight. They did the whole motion comic where they they kind of like have a camera and they move the camera and, and yeah. follow the action. It's still no voice acting. I, I know. thought it was strange, but um, so you got to watch in the end. But those but those cut quote unquote cutscenes they don't have any words. You're just kind of you kind of like you kind of got to get get what's happening based off the emotion of what's going on. You're kind of getting the. It isn't entirely visual. Are there sound effects at all? Like running feet? I don't remember. I think there might have been. There's part of the only like, voice acting in the entire game is when you try to uh, run inside the manor and she goes, "Uh uh-uh. uh." That's, yeah. the, whole, that's uh-uh. the that's the only voice acting because you can run outside. Yeah. You try to run inside the mansion, she goes, "Uh uh-uh. uh." And there's and no it. explanation. Just uh uh-uh. uh. It's the only voice acting in the entire game, but um, but those scenes you get one in the beginning. I think you get a couple throughout, and one another. The There's about weirdly four in enough, the whole game, I think. Weirdly enough, I don't know if you remember, but the cutscenes look noticeably worse than the actual game itself. Like the the in-game animation, like you tell when they were making the in-game animations and stuff like that, the stuff you interact with and her her walking yeah. and. Yeah, her astral projection animation, stuff like that. Look, With like her, the way her hair tendrils out. dramatically better. Like, look way better than what the... you The cutscenes look kind of rough. Like they're... I wonder if we had all played like a, an enhanced version. It wouldn't have mattered, no, because it was, it was hand-drawn. It wouldn't have mattered. That is true. You're talking like you like like you like you HD God of War or something like that, but uh, where the game looks better than the cutscenes. It's not like that, because they're not really cutscenes. It's just... They do, the art doesn't the art doesn't quite match the art 
in the very few cutscenes there are, the art doesn't match the. I don't think it matches the quality of the in-game animations, which is weird. Um. Well, I I think maybe it might have something to do with the um. Because the game itself was actually kickstarted. Yeah, that's nothing with how much the that just maybe there well, could have been a different artist. I don't know. Well, that maybe they ran out of uh, out of money, and some of these scenes, although are well, no, they're like they're very important. They should look better than they do. I thought maybe they just I'm, couldn't I'm, render them. I'm not saying them. they look terrible. I'm just saying the first thing you see is that art and the cutscene art, and you're like, uh, well, I mean, yeah. I, I know it's it's an indie game, so I'll give them some slack. And then you get to the you start running around all her her running animations, the other ghosts and everything else. Like yeah. I said, her the uh, the general flow of the game and everything looks better. Like it actually look. I, th- I think it looks noticeably better. No, it does. Like I'm thinking about it now, it does noticeably look better. So, but maybe maybe they were just like maybe it was a a time thing. It was like let's let's sketch out these let's sketch out these cutscenes real quick and let's get because the meat of the game what they would want to focus on as a team I imagine would be the the movement of the game and stuff like that. Yeah. I uh it was kickstarted. Uh it initially needed a and it only needed a fifteen thousand dollars. Uh but they had this is crazy. It needed fifteen thousand dollars. They had seven hundred and fifty backers and barely made it. Twenty thousand five hundred dollars. They still made it. They still made it. That may have been why they're like, We're tight. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of these uh uh, maybe they're storyboards, or you know, and they're just like we can't animate this into the game, so let's just kind of make cinemas with this. It may have been, it could have been some stories. That's what it kind of looked like. It could, yeah. that may have been why it wasn't as good of art. Yeah, but like, I'm 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 glad that it exists, and I think the I think the, the final product is actually really good, and I kind of see why they didn't have any voice acting. But at the same time, I get it. You're a small studio. In-house talent. Uh-huh. Well, we all, we all, you know, you know our, our spiel for in-house, yeah. in-house if but you want to. I'm going to go back down that road again. We talk about it a bunch. And so. Uh-uh. You want to keep running down? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I just> said, <laughs> like I said, the game is, as you, words, words, words. As you're going through the game, a lot of the puzzling that you're figuring out and you're doing actually kind of side quests yeah, Cause you you meet a lot a lot of ghosts, and you do find diaries. There's a lot of meat. I didn't. I'll admit I didn't read. There's diaries all over the mansion, which are probably explaining, probably more or less explaining what happened to every. Because they're they're always the person's name one two three four five, probably explaining how everybody was killed. If you don't read those, which I didn't, all you get is the main story of her going trying to find. She meets these ghosts. You talk to a couple of ghosts and trying to just find her dad. And I think that's just the that's the main. The main little thoroughfare of going through the game, but I bet there's a lot more interesting stuff. Yeah. I just wish people would stop putting stuff in diaries. If you make an audio log, I would at least listen to the audio log, you know. But uh, these reading the stuff, it's just and there's a bunch, yeah, yeah, a bunch of diaries. They're all over the place. I like reading as much as the next person, but I do most of my reading via audiobooks while I'm at work. Mm-hmm. To sit down and read something puts me to sleep. Yeah. I, I just breathe in and reading, and then I start reading the same sentence like four times, and I can't wake up. And then uh, before I know it, I w- woke up because the book falls hits the floor, and I was like, "Okay, that was a waste of time. Why did I even bother reading?" Yeah, same thing with like a video game for either one of us. You're gonna start reading a whole bunch. It just and it's cool. It brings you into the world, but and I'm okay reading stuff every now and again. Or don't make it like a three-page diary entry. Mm-hmm. Give me the cliff notes or something bullet points i don't know 
my um did you read any of the diaries i didn't read no any of them. i didn't read it because two reasons i didn't read any of them is uh i oddly enough this is one of the few games i've actually played on playstation and platinumed and then played on uh xbox later yeah it's weird yeah i didn't play it on playstation because well i played it on playstation before, and, before it was on xbox before we found out and then so i've played it both so maybe i read them i probably didn't even read them then either but like I, I enjoyed the story enough, and I knew you find you found out enough story from interacting with the ghost that you don't really need to read the stuff. Cause like, there's the cook, and then there's the gardener, and then there's the guy who runs the observatory, and then there's the butler, and then there's the dude second, and then like you have all these people, and talking to him is there like. You know, in their last moments of death, they don't remember their death, but they still display their death. Mm-hmm. And so you're helping them. A lot of the times, as you'll go get the diary, you're, you'll find a diary entry and a key, and you'll come back to them, and they go, "That's real." And you kind of like excise their ghost, or you allow them to cross over to a the other of, side. Yeah, you, see, you see a lot of them cra- crossing over. Yeah. Uh, and so, based off what they say and react to the news that you give them, you can infer without having to actually read yeah, a lot of the stuff. Sometimes, or you can just tell by looking at them, some, some of them, but maybe, maybe we missed out by not reading all the diaries, but maybe, there, maybe there's a well, lot more plot, a lot more um, world building in the, you really are just in the mansion, in the, in the mansion grounds, and the little, the garden maze and stuff like that. I guess, but, um, a game, oh, what's the game? A game you played through and you told me you played through it too fast and I should take my time, was Maze. Maze. Mm-hmm. And I took my time and I read all these little post-it notes. But again, reading a post-it note has like one sentence on it, two mm-hmm. sentences on it. Yeah, we got we had a difference because I was, I was racing. Maze is a, what a old, old podcast. I don't know what number that was. Maze, I was racing through trying to do a stupid speedrun thing. Speedrun achievement like, that, I, that, I, that I didn't get, by the way. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I wouldn't read anything on the walls. Blake read... And you hear it in that podcast, Blake heard all kind. There's all kinds of comedy and other other levels of hilarity in that game that are just these dudes arguing through post-it notes that I just missed out completely. Again, a, a game that was for, in Drew's experience, part of the game was ruined by trying to get an achievement mm-hmm. that I didn't even get. So anyway, um, again, I don't want to. The whole point of this game is the story and figuring out how this person ended up with an axe in the face or why this. Yeah, it's exp- it's. It's exploring the mansion. I mean, you are just really just trying to get keys and find your way around doors. I mean, you're, it is a you're trying to find massive, your father. Yeah, you're trying to find your father. It's a pretty big mansion. Um, I we had a guide. I feel like the game would be fairly difficult without a guide. I mean, you'd be kind of wondering. You would also miss out on some of the side stories. Maybe like there's like the the entire observatory before you get to the the back swamps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you need to go there. You sure? Well, you go in there, and you grab a shard of glass, and you leave. But there's a ghost in there, and you go upstairs, and there's a whole thing you can interact with that gets you some extra story about the grounds and the history of the place and all this other stuff. But you don't... You, you open a secret door in there, which leads to the below the observatory. What, what, there's something down there. That might, some of that might have been key. Yeah. To but the main. I, I guess you do have to go everywhere. But you don't... Uh, yeah. It's, it's a big man. I don't remember all the I don't remember all the connections. It's a pretty sizable little area. Dude's got money. 
Yeah, it's a big old mansion. I don't even, I think maybe because we weren't um, gathering information through the diaries, I didn't quite understand the understand the bad guy at the end really like there's interest there's some scenes in the end which kind of the endings not the what she gets like a new power like randomly in the in the ending which i don't i don't like that like she kind of the way she the way you quote unquote defeat the last guy is she suddenly has a new ability it seems like out of nowhere uh didn't care for that i don't like that little Little developing a new power, that, developing the perfect power that you need to beat the bad guy on the last. With no alluding to it at all. Yeah. So there's that. I, you kind of gather what who he a little bit of who he was during those last those last couple of scenes, but I bet it's who he is and how how he got to where he's at. It's probably sprinkled throughout the diaries. Probably. Yeah. Do you, I, I mean, you probably have, have any notes on that kind of stuff, do you? Yeah. Because like, it's all in the diaries. My only note I had was the. Was the uh, the art style of being different for the cutscenes in the yeah. main game? I think Molly Note was, and the fact that I I really enjoyed finding all the different ghosts and and figuring out how they died. Those were always kind of cool, which you can kind of infer and then leading up to it. Yeah, because there was a uh, there was a I know one story. There was a uh, two people falling in love that the the that the. Uh, that the the mansion leader didn't want to be together. Yeah, because he, I remember. I think that. he ends up killing one of the, he kills the woman. I think because she's in love with someone. You know the old she's in love with somebody else, so he murders her so nobody can have her. I guess. No, I, I think, think he kills the dude. Doesn't doesn't he, doesn't he axe the chick? Oh yeah, I don't remember. I felt we should again. We should have maybe. Okay, I we, we, all this is just a. Uh... Mystery to entice listeners to go play the game. <laughs> play the game better than we did. Read the diaries. I will say, uh, in my research on the game, there is a sequel in the works. They are working on another one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Whispering Willows 2, like going back to the manse, or just another game based on I, I don't world? know. It just says that they uh, it, a, a sequel is in the works. So, uh, Well, they made enough money to warrant making it better. Because this game, I mean, with a bit more... Budget. Which I know they. I know they struggle with their budget. With a bit more budget, this game could be, could have been something really cool. Yeah. I mean, it was already pretty cool with the the anim- I'll say it again. The animation was cool. Like seeing being able to interact with like some things were just dumb. Like interacting a dresser and then just the dresser sliding sideways. That wasn't really cool. But like the way the people moved was fairly fluid. The way she looked when she was in her astral form looked really cool. So there was a. That was a knife. There was a part where you saw a scene where somebody gets stabbed with a knife, and then you you you, you use your ass project, projection to pull that knife. You saw where the dude hid the knife in the in the scene. Mm-hmm. I think the guy went. I think he stabbed the woman. Yeah. And then he hid the knife on top of this armoire thing, and then you you see the vision of that, and then you you, you astral project the knife down, and you and you carry around this knife, this bloody knife was used to murder this chick, but you use it to like cut rope and other other nonsense. Yeah. Cut no, cut down vines. That is true, yeah, because um, you have to cut the vines to get to the observatory, which then lead to the swamp type yeah. thing. Speaking of all that, I don't want to forget to mention, do you remember the uh, in the hedge maze, the, those creepy monsters that just jump, jump Ball out? Ball golems or something? I don't know yeah. what they are. The game, I don't know if there's a diary that explains those things or what they are, but they're, they're actually kind of kind of scary. Like you, They, they quote-unquote kill you, but you just kind of like... Appear at the start of the screen. Yeah, you kind of die from that, but they, they just kind of... Those were pretty cool. Yeah, that's the only other thing. Oh, and there's this, those little spiders. I didn't like the spider, the invisible spiders. But what's the 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 things coming out of the bushes first? 
I don't know what they are, but those things kind of creeped me out the first time I was running along to the. Because I don't think it warned you about them. The, the guy, the might music have. changes and type stuff. But, but you're but running along the thing, all of a sudden these eyes appear and this thing just comes out of the bushes and tries and to just kind of. All it does is kind of just try to grab you. And it's kind of anticlimactic, kind of just like swaps, swipes its hands as she just falls to her knees and you reappear. Again, may have a bigger budget. There'd be a little more something going on there. Yeah. Um, same sort of same thing, but in the, I think there's parts of the attic of the house, maybe some of the basement. There's these things that can be. Uh, you talking about the spiders or the, the spiders could be genuinely very creepy. I feel like maybe they weren't quite done right, or maybe the spiders didn't look creepy enough. But they are invisible, completely invisible. You can hear them chittering because there's, there's good audio here. Yeah. You can really hear good. them chittering. Uh, you can see them before you can hear them before you can see them because you can't see them when you're not astral projecting. So you have to like walk and you're walking and you hear the chittering, and you have to astral project yourself and see which which way it's kind of watch. It's just a timing puzzle, really, which way it's walking, and then you kind of come out of astral projection. You kind of kind of have to walk which where you think you're you're following something that's invisible, trying to get past it. Yeah, and you do that. You do that a couple of times, and then and again. It could be it's 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 it almost works, but when they when they when they it really just they touch you and she just falls to her knees and you appear back at the front of the room. It's like it's it's kind of lessened by the results of what happens if you're caught. They probably again. But the idea of of, of a people, the idea of an invisible enemy, is always uh, scary to people. Invisible as an invisible enemy that can instant kill you. Yeah. If if death had any kind of consequences in this game. Yeah. Yes. I'm, oh, God, I almost forgot to mention the spiders and the those bush things. It's cool. the only two things they do They're with. like, uh, they kind of look like face huggers. A little bit, yeah. They're not, they look a little out of place. I think they do, they do sort of, exp- there's something, something in the game that explains what it's they like are. It's like the negative emotions they're, or. They're like a negative energy or something like that. I don't, I don't know if it explains the bushes or not, the bush monsters. But the spiders have a have a name or something like that, and there's weird parts which maybe in the diaries there's there's ones that are like down in the basement they're in cages, yeah, which is weird. They have some caged up, so some, maybe, maybe the dude someone was doing some experiments on them because there's ones I do remember there's one or two of them that are like um, patrolling, and it walks into the uh, into a uh, a hole and you block the hole and it's stuck inside the hole and it can't get out, mm-hmm. and then that's how you're able to get. You pass out. It took me a bunch, bunch, bunch of tries to get that right. I don't know why it wasn't working. You're we, pushing yeah, it. it's hard on the timing, too, because, again... Yeah, they are invisible. Yeah. Uh, those are pretty interesting. It's actually... A re- like I said, it's a really good game. I enjoyed yeah, the I mean, story. You liked it enough to play it twice. Well, yeah, I mean, twice. I, I used a guide, and I... Three, four hours tops. Yeah. It's not a very long game. I think I did it in two sittings only because we had to go somewhere and do something. Albeit without a guide, it would be very confusing and you'd be doing a lot of backtracking. Like, where was I going? What was I doing? But yeah. the guy was like, walk in this room. Pick up this book. Go up now go room. up these stairs. Put this book on the shelf. Yeah. You know, instead of going... Go walk to the right. We're going to the third door. Like it's... Instead of opening up every single door or trying every door and some of them work and some of them not. Mm-hmm. So the guy definitely, which did what it's supposed to do, it streamlined the process. So I was able to knock it out in three or four hours. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy, and sometimes I enjoy that. Sometimes I just want to play a game without a guy. But yeah, I, if it made it that much quicker and I can move on to, beat it, cool, had a great time, move on to another game. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, not currently on Game Pass as far as I know. I don't think it is. Uh, but very cheap, obviously. You know, support them. Maybe they, you help them 
buying their game now will help them with their get, sequel. get out their next game. We we bought it, we bought it already. So uh, I think that's it for the for the two games. We we like to you know every we still do more popular games every now and then. We try uh, to kind of mix it up as best we can. But we like we went real obscure here for you. We help people find these these weird outlier video games because we just don't want to be talking about the hot new hotness like every every other podcast does we try we're trying our best to avoid that um but there's you know there's two strange ones for you and fairly enjoyable i i didn't even realize they were both the side scrollers until we started talking about them but yeah, yeah very different side scrollers though completely not even I, I, they're not even comparable besides the fact they're both side scrolling games other than that they're completely completely different yeah um that's all I got for the two games. Are you done with the two games? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. All right, then uh, we'll I'll let Blake take over here with uh, a TV show. Uh, we finished it last year, probably. It's 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 all done. It's like three seasons, kind of on purpose. It wasn't canceled. I don't think it. But no, it was. It they was had ended. they had a they had a previously planned three seasons and done kind of deal with uh, Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let Blake talk about our show for this week. The show I'm talking about is called Future Man. It is a sci-fi action adventure comedy Hulu original. <laughs> it's only available on well, I think you can buy it on you know, Blu-ray and stuff now, but it's only on Hulu nowhere else. Uh, like Drew said, it, it went three seasons, mm-hmm. uh, thirty-four episodes total. Its run was uh, November twenty seventeen to April twenty twenty. It was executive produced by Seth Rogen. And Evan Goldberg, mm-hmm. they just produced it. However, uh, they were not the creators of the show. They just helped get it, their foot through the door. The creators of the show were, uh, I guess, three of their friends who they've all worked alongside one another often. Uh, two, uh, the first two uh, have only done stuff together, and that is a Kyle Hunter and Ariel Shafir. I think she goes by Ari. Ari Shafir. And uh, they're, they they mostly do producing stuff, but some of their bigger things is uh, they actually uh, I'm, I'm doing only writing credits because that they help create this. They wrote the night before, starring uh, Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The night before, it's like a Christmas story about Hanukkah and the night before Christmas. Uh, comedy. We didn't watch. We watched it. We watched it. Wow. Sure we we, did. we watched sure we it. Did. And uh, they wrote that. Uh, they wrote, they helped co-write Sausage Party. <laughs> yeah. Sausage Party probably had a lot of writers in it. I'm sure it did. As I say, they co-wrote it. And they also did some of the jokes for the uh, James Franco roast. <laughs> the Comedy Central Presents. And for the most part, the, the, the you know, they've, you know, a few few shorts here, a few stuff there. Nothing that was really stood out to me, but those are the three big... This this will be their big thing then. Probably. They finally landed a big project, yeah. And now the the bigger person, uh, a gentleman named Howard Overman. Now, he has a plethora of stuff that he's written for. Oddly enough, neither one of them are The Night Before or Sasha's Party or the James Franco roast. (laughs) So he may have been where all, like, the... The 
core story came from mm-hmm. versus the comedy. Like they did the comedy, he did the story. Maybe they could be the comedy. Yeah, filling in the jokes where they need yeah. them. <laughs> but a few things. Uh, he's uh, kind of a quick roster, and I'll plow through it. A show called Vexed, and a show called Dirk Gently, which I think were mostly British. But he wrote a couple episodes yeah. of those. Never heard of them. Uh, the show Merlin, that big one that came out a couple years ago, he wrote several episodes of that. That's still going. I, that, it's done. It's done. been done for some time. Now, here is four other shows that he's created besides Future Man. He created. Like he's created the, and wrote several episodes of as runner. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, there's one called The Misfits, which I don't know much about, but I believe it was like a British teen drama or teen comedy. Then there was a show called Atlantis. Uh, that was actually like historically, not historically, but uh, fictionally like the story of Atlantis. And not Stargate Atlantis, but actual show called Atlantis. But it was filmed kind of like uh, Rome and Spartacus. Like it made it kind of more real, kind of okay. grounded. Yeah. And uh, Crazy Head, which is on Netflix. Yeah. Is that another show? Mm-hmm. And then I hear another show called uh, The One also on Netflix. Mm. And then another thing he's, I think he's working on it right now or it's done, but it was for Fox and it's the, uh, a, a telenovela or, uh, the screenplay TV show of, um, war of the worlds as a miniseries oh, really? for Fox. And he's, cre- no. he, he was the creator of all of those. Won't that be any different than the Tom Cruise movie? Probably more in depth More in depth. Yeah. Or something like that. But yeah. as well as he created, he helped create future man. Hmm. So I'm sure I'm, I'm, Future Man seems like a curveball, and all the other stuff sounds like it's kind of serious. I mean, I don't know, but I don't well, know. They all have sayings, that ideas that sound kind of serious. I think Atlantis is probably serious, and as far as I can tell, I think everything else is more like comedy. Oh, really? Okay. And I have uh, Vexed and Dirk Gently, as well as Merlin, and I think Atlantis. Well, and Memphis. Actually, I think all of them are British. I think mostly it's all British cast hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's got some interesting stuff. Now, to the meat of things, uh, Future Man. Uh, well, should I, let me t- should I talk about the characters briefly? Let's do, let's do the three I, main. I'm just, doing, I'm just doing the main the three. The three main, yeah. Because there's a lot of guest stars and stuff that pop up from episode or two, and they're all it's all real funny. But the main three people I'm going to talk about. They're in every episode. Is, uh, everyone should know him, uh, Josh... Hutcherson, mm-hmm. uh, made famous for um, Zathura, Bridge Terabithia, RV with Robin Williams, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth 1 and 2 with Brendan Fraser and The Rock, mm-hmm. and a movie uh, that we watched but uh, called Detention, about that weird... I don't want to talk about it on the, because I do want to talk about the actual movie I want to rewatch it and talk about it because I I re I watched the trailer afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, what is this movie? Because I know I've seen it before, and I was like, oh, I need to rewatch this movie because it's wonky. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other cool thing, as I found out, is uh, on Netflix, and Netflix did their own adaptation of Ultraman, and he's the voice of Ultraman in the Ultraman, Ultraman, the the Japanese anime oh, that right. Netflix got. Gotcha. And he'll be the voice of mm. Ultraman, or is the voice of Ultraman. Mm. Interesting. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's and he has a couple other things that uh, people should know. Are you, are you leaving out the big one? Uh, people know it. 
<laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. Because it's good to talk about other works besides what he's super famous for. Yeah. And then yeah, he plays the main character, Josh Futterman. Mm-hmm. Futterman. 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 <laughs> and then we have um, his two other co-stars, Eliza Coop. Mm-hmm. And she plays Tiger. And she's done a lot of comedy stuff. But some of her bigger moments are she had a few episodes of Flight of the Concords, a few episodes of a show called Casual, and another show called Quantico. Mm-hmm. And now she had bigger roles in the uh, that movie on Netflix called Naked with um, Marlon, Marlon Wayans, where he keeps, it's Groundhog's Day, but he keeps waking up naked. In an elevator? She, trying, was in, she was in that? Yeah. Oh, man. She's, I think she's one of the bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, She's in uh, only one episode, but she's in, uh, which I'm going through now, is she's in Angie Tribeca. Oh, she? She's in an episode of Angie Tribeca, which I'll probably see. Not, not I know what she looks like and everything. Mm-hmm. I'll probably get more joy out of it. Yeah. Jessica saw her in Anchorman 2. Yeah, I was going to say, she's in Anchorman 2 uh, as like uh, some one of, the, one of the anchors, one of the co-hosts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one cool thing is uh, in the last two seasons of Scrubs, she's a main character. She's one of the interns who comes in as uh, being... Really? One of the replacements when everybody else quit? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think she's the one who's got a thing for fatties. If you remember that, I think I think we it's her. I didn't watch I didn't watch when they when everybody else quit. I didn't watch the last... You didn't watch them? No, I didn't watch them. I did. I thought... No, I, I didn't watch I swear them. we did. No, when everybody, when everybody quit, I was done with Scrubs. But they didn't quit. They just got elevated, and they were trying to do... A lot of them quit. They were like, I'm not done with this show. They're doing this show for 11 years. I mean... Well, yeah, but they, they they were still in the show though. Like uh, Bob was in it, and so was Doctor Cox, and so were JD and Turk. But they were like chief of medicine, not medicine, but chief of surgery, and this, that, and the other. Yeah. But they were there. I think she was uh, one of the interns, and she had a thing for fatties. Her big thing was fatties, <laughs> and she ended up hooking up with one of the other interns. Uh, that's great. Because he used to weigh four hundred pounds. And she's like, that's so hot. <laughs> but then now, but he had to lose weight because of his heart. But yeah, I'll, they, I'll, I'll be excited. I'm, I'm, I want to watch all of Scrubs with Jessica. Probably, so I'd be, yeah, it'd be so, fun but she, to see she'll her be in the in. last two seasons. She's yeah. one, she's one of JD's interns. Yeah, it's funny. And now, uh, we get to uh, did I say she played Tiger? Tiger. Yeah. Okay. Now we get on to the other one, uh, a gentleman named Derek Wilson, and he plays Wolf. Now, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to shame anybody. This might sound like derogatory, but I think he's new to the acting game. Because mm-hmm. compared to the other two, he has uh, 16 things. Yeah, he could be a new actor. He's fairly, I guess he's fairly new to the acting thing. But it's weird because everything I looked at but this was a serious role. Like a drama? Uh, like a drama or something a little more serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, oddly, well... Uh, First thing I'm about to mention, it's not really serious, but he was in Birds of Prey. He's one of the detectives hunting down Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey, which I don't remember. I don't remember that movie at all. And we would have watched that after after seeing this show. Yeah. Do we not see him in that? He's in the show. He's the in movie. the movie, but I think maybe because he looks... He did I don't say he looks normal, but he just—he's not wolf. He doesn't have the cool scar or the faux hawk. You know, yeah. just—we're used to seeing him as wolf. Yeah. And when you don't have all those extra features, you just kind of look like a guy in the background. And plus, that movie wasn't great. Yeah. Um, he was also in uh, two other shows. One called Rectify. A few episodes of that. And that show sounds kind of cool. 
but it also sounds kind of like, eh, should I bother watching it? But it's a follow. He's not the dude, but he's like a friends with the guy or something. But it's a guy who spends 19 years on death row. And then out of nowhere, they're like, oh, we got some new evidence that say you didn't kill this person. So you're free out the door. Have a good time. How long could that show be? It only went two seasons. Hmm. But yeah, so I thought, I mean, that's worth mentioning. He's also has an episode, but again, something more serious is he's one of the people, he's one of the uh, episodes of person of interest. Wow. He's one of the people who might go murder somebody type thing. A one-off episode. Yeah, but uh, one bigger thing I wanted to talk about, well, two bigger things. Um, he's in the first season of Preacher. Mm-hmm. Which we never, Preacher probably done. We never went back and watched the Red We board. need to. I think it's Dunskies. Yeah, like it finished. I think it did four seasons and done. I do want to watch it. I love season one, and it got it gets more verdunculous. Mm-hmm. But he's in the entire first season of, of Preacher. And, uh, and that's just because Preacher kind of town hops and stuff mm-hmm. like that, so... I'm not spoiling anything, but saying he's only in the first season, but yeah, it's probably how well, Peter, which is also ran by, uh, oddly enough, Seth which, Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It's probably, probably probably how Derek got on a future future man. That's probably how they found him. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, how did I, I make that connection? Well, because I kind of forgot they they were attached to Preacher. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But the last one, it seems more interesting, and I do want to watch this movie. I didn't do, I didn't look at it, I didn't watch it. I just read the synopsis and saw that he was in it. Leading role, or he's still he's a he's a leading role. He's like of the top billed actors on IMDb. He's either two or three. Oh, good, good for Derek. Yeah, uh, it's called Ox Alice, O X A L I S Oxalis, mm-hmm. and it all it says is that a father tries to. A preventative strategy to f- solve his son's murder, and the using a um, scientific experiment that could affect generations to come. I don't know, and he he's the he's the third build actor. Streaming or anything? It's a, I haven't look, It's a movie that came out uh, in like I think twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. so it's fairly newish. And I just want to. I didn't want to do. I didn't do any research. Well, that's, uh, that's before. That's before Future Man. Yeah, so it's probably like right right at right after Preacher. But now, uh, we we love all three of these people. They are hilarious and knock this show out of the park. But let me get you to kind of uh, about the show. Now, just so you're aware, though it's not written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, it is raunchy, and you learn that immediately, especially at the at the end of the first episode. Yeah. I can't even think about it without giggling. Yeah, it's an amazing set of set of lines. But um, okay, so uh, Josh Futterman, he's a janitor at a local big pharmaceutical company, and um, he's real good buddies with like the the security guy to the point where he has his own little video game set up in the security guy's like booth, and he only has like two episodes, which is kind of a letdown, but he, I guess he's not an important character. But the security guard is uh, Ron Funches. Mm-hmm. And we love comedian Ron Funches, uh, who also voices King Shark in DC's animated Harley Quinn show. Anyway, I want to get that out there because just support Ron Funches because he's hilarious. But anyway, um, Josh in his spare time has been obsessed with... Uh, he, he He's your standard, still lives at home, almost in his 30s, works as a janitor and plays video games. You know, it's kind of like your stereotypical Hollywood loser 
who's somehow, you know, got, you know, a six pack and everything, but still. Um, so he becomes obsessed with uh, beating this game that no one in the world has beaten. And the game is called Biotic Wars. And he plays and plays and plays nonstop. And he's like one of the top players, but never been able to beat it. No one's beat it. And then he just gets real mad at work and chugging Red Bulls and eating Cheetos. And manages to, like through muscle memory, finally beats this game. And he was like, yeah! And he goes to have himself uh, a celebration. (laughs) And whilst he's celebrating, before he can finish his elaborate celebration, um, two beings (laughs) appear in his room in this huge electrical flash. And it ends up being Tiger and Wolf, who are the characters you get to play as in Biotic Wars. And then it takes a... uh, what do you call it? Ender's Game Armada Twist, if you've read those books, where the game he was playing uh, was real. The Biotic Wars actually happened in the future. Well, he's not really fighting biotics. The the, the, the game was a test. The, the game was a test, but they're trying to prevent the biotics from existing. So yeah. it's like Terminator meets and Armada and Ender's Game because they have to find their chosen one, their commanding officer, and only their greatest commanding mind can beat these game, this game. And they're left with Josh, Josh Futterman, a.k.a. Future Man, his gamer tag. <laughs> now, <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about it. Like I said, it's only... They're half-hour episodes, 34 episodes, yeah. and well, it is... What... You're going to kind of, like you're wrapping up already, but... Uh, what it really is, is they, they want to drag him around as they try to prevent the future from happening. They have... Every episode is really trying to stop, because, ironically, the pharmaceutical company he works for has a guy, uh, the, 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 the highest... The, the scientist that runs the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company ends up creating a cure-all which accidentally leads to these biotics in the future. The biotics take over and destroy, kind of destroy all humanity. They basically become like perfect human beings immune to all disease, but there's only a a limited amount. And there's also, in the future, there's people who refuse to take it, and there's people who couldn't take it because they couldn't afford to take it. And so it creates this whole class war and violence. It's a massive war. Yeah, so a lot of the uh, a lot of the first season is their time traveling and their many attempts to think. You know, you know how time traveling works. You think you solve a problem, you create another one, which is the gist of the kind of the gist. But it's hilarious. But it's the gist of the first season. And they time travel to a certain place to try to stop to stop. Well, initially, they, I think they just try to stop him, like directly try to stop him from making the serum because he ends up. So what he's actually trying to cure is the the main guy he has herpes or whatever on his lip real bad real bad real so he's bad. really just trying to make a cure for herpes and he ends up what he ends up making eventually in the future is a cure all for everything which again again leads to biotics so you see him you want to say the the the, the main scientist the 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 elite cronish yeah the the main scientist uh, dr cronish is played by legendary actor and voiceover artist uh keith david yeah and he's uh, really great in this. This is probably the most, 
of most of the live action acting because we see Keith, you see Keith David come across in so many animated things. You're talking about he's in Community, he's in that movie Delta Far, he's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but not not as much as he was in this in this show probably. This is the most acting I've ever seen him do, like live action acting. I guess that's true because like, I think really, about he's, him, he's really funny and charismatic, and he's got herpes all over his face, all over. It's yeah, bad. He's, he's really really funny. Um, so most of the uh, the first season is uh, basically just doing everything they can to try to stop them. They pre- prevent one thing, at least to another. They prevent one thing, at least to another. And they get kicked on further and further back in time. It gets increasingly complicated. The first season is uh, bonkers. It's absolutely a time traveling bonkers, and it's it's impossible to go into everything that happens because they cram a lot into these episodes, and time and well sometimes time travel multiple multiple times in an episode and they and then they have ongoing gags because they end up one of my favorite ones is they end up traveling f- way back in time and kill this one cop's partner <laughs> and then that cop then uh, he spends his entire career as they go back as they jump back to the future whatever he, his entire career trying to find out find the people who killed his partner and you see you keep seeing him through different points in time as he chases them through time as they hop around it's so funny oh my god it's like i said it's complicated and they said they keep the joke because i remember one there's a joke that they make in season one Mm -hmm. that they reference back to in season three wow about they're like oh man he was never the same after he lost that dance battle (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right um I had something. I lost it. Oh, um, one of the um, best things in the show was the there's a a a, a, a scene a whole a whole part the whole episode. I think it's the entire episode where Josh is inside Cronish's house and he's trying to blackmail him. He's trying to blackmail him. It's <laughs> by like outing him as as be as being as outing uh Cronish as being gay to his wife and then set up this whole thing where Cronish runs away with his gay lover so Josh comes up to this great plan to dress dress up in drag and go take pictures of himself inside Cronish's house but then Cronish's wife comes he's trying to be stealthy but then Cronish's wife comes home he's trying not to get caught <laughs> and what you end up what end up ensuing is uh, the old Scooby-Doo running through multiple doors. I don't know how a lot of this seems, it's not, I don't think it's a one shot, but a lot of this seems like it's all happening kind of in real time. Cause Cronish's wife comes home and then like the neighbor's cat comes in and then the neighbor comes in trying to find his cat. And then Cronish co- and then Cronish comes home and they're all like jumping, but no, for the longest time, nobody knows Josh is in the house cause he's jumping rooms and doing like this and, and ducking and hiding and rolling and, all this stuff, it's it's so elaborate. This episode is so elaborate. And I've seen it like two or three times now. And it's just like when you're watching, like, it's it's weird to say because it's so silly. But you're, when you're watching it all play out, you're like, this is inc- this is incredible TV. Some like I don't know how to, I was to say it. When you're watching this whole this whole thing, the way they plan this, the way it pans out, and and the comedy and the because he keeps he runs into the, there's this vase he runs into multiple times. He keeps catching this vase. He keeps running into. <laughs> Like the uh, the cinematography for people are going to assume oh it's a raunchy comedy blah 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 yeah. but the amount of effort that goes into the the layered jokes the callbacks the cinematography and the all around just ridiculousness of the nature it, it's an outstanding show it is 
truly yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And what's wild about the show is uh, we'll, we'll avoid spoilers, but each season is com- uh, almost completely different in plot. Yes. Very. Yes. Because um, um, I don't have anything else to say about season one. There's so much in season one. What you come to find out in season one is uh, no matter what, it, and it plays out through the rest of the show, no matter what time period Wolf ends up in, or Derek Wilson's character. Yeah, Wolf. No matter what time period he's in, uh, he is loved by all. Uh, something about his character or who he is, uh, especially in the he ends up in the eighties. He's he becomes like super famous in the eighties, but uh, Wolf is loved by everybody. Wolf is great at everything. He can do no wrong anywhere he is. Uh, it is incredible, and it all starts with a single moment of kindness because he's a hardened warrior from yeah. the future. Yeah, and then they're in the past and. As they're plotting, uh, Josh has two very caring, loving parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, his dad, because Wolf is just loping around the house because he's sad because there's nothing to kill. And he's like, hey, come over here, sport. Let me show you this uh, fine art of, uh, of cooking. And Wolf takes to it immediately because it's killing an already dead enemy in gorgeous fancy ways <laughs> and he becomes a phenomenal like a like like a world famous cook sous chef a, cook it's yeah he is, there's a whole whole scenes where he's running this underground restaurant feeding people all kinds of weirdness and it's all famous people like it don't show nobody's faces but it's like he, he name Ar- drops a bunch Arnold Schwarzenegger's there like all these other all these he just he's just he makes friends with everybody and, and throughout uh, it's just like one of the callbacks He's constantly calling back to this point in time and all these things and all these favors and all these different things he can do with all these these wild nights he had with all these famous people. And there's also these great poems where he keeps continually saying, talking about what a great guy O.J. Simpson was because he didn't because he because he he left he had left the Tita. He'd only seen O.J. before he murdered people, so he didn't know like he but he had left. He, but he time jumps away before he knows the bad stuff happens. So did, he always references back. He's like, I told you O.J. was a good guy, and then he uh, he takes some um way later he takes some people back. He's like, I'm gonna take them to the on, only safe place I know in all of time. And it's O.J. Simpson's house, and you're just like. No, Wolf. <laughs> it's wonderful. And I think he's the first person. I don't know if, if he coined the term, but he's also the first person I know to do something called prevenge. <laughs> yeah. And I'll leave it at that, and you'll have to figure what yeah, his prevenge. Uh, and he also <laughs> does, uh, I love, uh, and they reference it a couple of times, uh, tons of butt cocaine, where he does, he does so much cocaine the normal way that it, st- it stops working. So he ends up building, he connects a bunch of straws together from his mouth to his butt and blows coke up his butt. <laughs> and you see the scenes of him doing it. It's so freaking funny. They, and they always tell me, he's got to, got to get him off the butt cocaine. Because everyone is hilarious. But for whatever reason, I, we mentioned earlier, he, he has such a small repertoire of work. He steals, Wolf steals the show. Yeah, we, we, uh, yeah I don't want to get into it so early, but... As you watch throughout the whole of the other seasons, yeah, uh, this Derek Wilson guy comes out of nowhere. I feel like he says he hasn't acted a bunch before, but like he is now. Now Josh Hutcherson's great. He's funny. Oh, yeah. Has a, I adore has a lot Josh. of like Josh. That, that, that whole 
episode in the house doesn't work without him. There's uh, there's whole episodes that are just him by himself, and and Eliza knocks out of the park too. She's yeah, just she's, very she's she's she kind of stays more hardened and doesn't do she doesn't get as as much. Her comedy, her comedy comes from her how serious she is in every situation. Yeah, that's where her comedy comes. And she she again she is and she's hilarious. Funny, but but uh, I feel like how do you put, how do you put it like Derek is really in his element like Derek Wilson like he just really takes this character and this character could not exist if it was any anybody any other I don't think any other actor I mean you say I say that without knowing anybody else ever played the character but like I feel like he embodies who this character is and like really he's like he is just he just is wolf at all times like it, there's just nobody better and he's he's the He's the a lot of times to me he was the show like I know it kind of focuses around Josh Futterman's character a bunch but like you're kind of just waiting for the the next time Wolf comes around and says something ridiculous or does something ridiculous or who's great at something else uh, gets this ridiculous he gets like this like a faux hawk that you think was looking ridiculous but like when when he, he cuts his hair and it's like it looks kind of good and then like and, you're, and it's weird because you're kind of thinking about it like hey, that, you know you know Wolf looks kind of cool. And then Josh is yelling at him one time. He's he's mad at he's mad. At, this is like season two, where Josh is arguing with Wolf about something, and he's like, blah blah blah, this. You're not here. You're not doing that. You're not helping. And how are you making that haircut work? Because <laughs> he has a faux hawk mullet. Yeah, faux hawk mullet, and it it looks fine. It's like it's not fair. How are you making that? <laughs> yeah, just that, that line. He's, but he's he's not even arguing about hair. He's arguing about and Wolf not helping him, whatever. And he's like, yeah, how are you making that haircut work? <laughs> Like, it's just... Oh, and there's tons of um, so there's some issues with time traveling. Sometimes we end up swapping, they kind of get mushed around when they're oh, time no. traveling. So uh, simple one easy one is like Wolf and Wolf and a uh, tiger. Tiger end up swapping like her big toe for his uh, her, like his big toe for her little toe or something yeah, like so that. Yeah, so her foot has his big toe and the pinky, and his big toe is her pinky toe. Yeah, it's all gross on and one weird. foot. But as another mistake, Wolf has a a uh, famously large penis, <laughs> and ends up getting his uh, him and a Josh get all smushed up, and they end up swapping their penises, which is really freaking funny. Because uh, this is leads to another thing where we actually had a uh, Josh Hutchinson on a a different podcast. Uh, he was on the ID10T podcast talking to Chris Hardwick. And he told a funny story about because they you see the full blown uh, penis in the a prosthetic. Pe- yeah. Well, he said when he had seen he had put the show was out. He had friends text him like, "Dude, I didn't know you have, you have a you have a huge penis, man. What is up with that?" And he's like, "Dude, it's it's clearly a prosthetic. It's so huge, like it's <laughs> it can't be real. Like, come on, guys. It was TV. He said he got so many messages and emails from friends about." His, his giant penis, but it's prosthetic. And you see it, it's throughout the whole, he has it the rest of the show. It's like always trying to like fold it into places or something like that. There's even this part where they're a uh, huge bit of physical comedy. Sorry. What well, there's a great thing. Uh, there's so much show. Sorry. But one of the things I love, there's a, there's a different part where they're time traveling. And when you time travel, you can sometimes see yourself when you're time traveling and he's, they're following themselves. And, uh, I think his face ends up getting messed up and he's following who he thinks is himself. So they're like, how do you know you're doing the right thing? He's like, oh, I don't know that penis anywhere. I recognize, <laughs> I know that, I recognize that bulge anywhere. I recognize that bulge anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Because it's... Like, there's so much. 
it's, layered I mean, in it's each a, episode. It's a com- it's a, it, I mean, it's a comedy through and through. I, I, w- I would never call this a, a drama of any kind of sort. No. There's, there's serious moments, but it's a comedy through and through, and it's massively, massively layered. Um, and again, the three seasons are entirely different. Like, you're not going to see... You won't even think it was the, almost... The, besides the three main characters, the goals of each show, of each seasons, it's, it's wildly different. Like, it even gets to where... They don't even really time travel in season two anymore. Like they're stuck in a particular time period. Spoiler a little bit, but they don't, they don't time travel in season two. They're in one particular place and a lot of stuff is happening in the main bad guy. I don't want to spoil it, but the main bad guy of season two is somebody who's not so important in season one. Yeah. It's kind of cool how they wrap that back around. It's a fun, I don't want to spoil it because it's a fun, it's a fun actor that nobody was probably expecting to be in this. I don't want to spoil that one. But he gets to be like the main bad guy, sort of, sort of. I love whatever. seeing them get more work. Yeah, but his role, like minor role in season one to a much larger role in season two, and they it's been that entire time in season two in that one place, and then again they finally get to get out and go to season three, and when season three starts, it's a whole another thing is happening, like a whole different, like they're like trying to make them, they're more. I don't spoil don't, them, don't so don't. But they're but they're they have a whole other set of problems in season three and even season three has a has a first part of season three that drastically changes from the second half of season three honestly yeah so it's like it's not even really it stays funny but it's not even really the same show so for instance we'll mention wolf so there is a part where they're running we'll say they're running from time police you know in in a particular way so but time complete time time complete oh that's a complicated word time police can only find people when they're changing things in history. Mm-hmm. So their biggest problem with that is everywhere Wolf goes, he changes history because he's so amazing. So And the, we'll leave it at that. The, well, wanna... the, well, I'll say the best one is he ends up sleeping with this woman where he sleeps with her so well that she writes a book about it. <laughs> And they get, they finally, because they live in this one place for so long and they're doing really well hiding, but he, he, he finally sleeps with this woman and it's so amazing that she writes an entire book about it. And it changes and the course of like changes female the history, female literature, yeah, female literature, like stuff like that. And somebody in the future is like reading the book and they're all like crying about the book and they're like, wait a minute. It's like my night with the wolf. <laughs> and then and they find us. So, but everybody, the whole joke of that long running joke of that, and there's, there's a bunch of different scenes of them running from the time cops. And everywhere they go, Wolf does something to alter history. And there's this thing later where he says something like, "I," he's like, "I just, I guess it's just inevitable that I, that I that I leave my I leave my stamp on history." Wherever some of the dumb line he says because he's trying to avoid getting in trouble all the time. Oh, speaking of that. Speaking of dumb one-liners, <sighs> just about everything that he and Tiger do, because they're from a just horribly dystopian future, and they're not the brightest bulbs in a lot of light fixtures. Yeah, well, they're they're not, it's not they're not stupid. They just it was a they're, different different world. They're trained for combat, and combat doesn't necessarily mean creative naming of things. Oh, they holler out their stuff. Like, because when they go to attack with somebody or they go to punch somebody, like one of my favorite ones is he says it's through the entire show, but um, Wolf will be like throat punch and he'll punch somebody in the throat, <laughs> or um, 
Oh, or Tiger would be entire show, yeah. Tiger would be like knife throw. She pull a knife out and throw it. Like they'll announce their attack. And still beat, it, beat the hell out of everybody. And they are very good at. Oh violence. yeah, they're very good at killing. Like, they were good. born to kill, basically. And there's there's a whole part about uh, Tiger. Tiger being it's just what she was made to do was kill. But they, like, it just never. They always holler their attacks out, and it never it somehow never gets old. They always there's always new things to do. There's even a part where a uh, a, a wolf gets picked up and chucked across the area. He hits a tree, and he hits the, he he hits the tree and he hits the ground. He goes, oh, tree slam. <laughs> but it wasn't his attack; it was somebody else's. But he says it with a question mark while he's heaving his lungs out. It's so funny. I mean, it's just it's it's a it's a, it's a lot, and it's weird. It's one of those shows that uh we we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up because right now we're we're just gushing. Yeah, I but, know. I I do want to before we finish. To show, to tell you how good this show is, like I said, the third season, we we started watching it when it came out, and we would watch it within a week of it all coming out on Hulu. So understand, we watched it all over the course of three years, me and Drew, mm-hmm. and then once all three seasons came out, the mm-hmm. same, the same, within the same year that Drew finished season three, he re rewatched the entire show with Jessica, mm-hmm. and was still laughing at old and new things, stuff he didn't catch the first time around because it's so layered. Yeah, and just to go, you were able to watch it twice in a row, yeah. and laugh hysterically no, both times. I can times. probably watch it again now. It would still be. I mean, just watching, really, just getting to watch all this stuff with Wolf all over again. Because he's absolutely, absolutely. I hope the guy. I don't know if you look Wolf up right now, but if the Wolf Derek Wilson up, if he's doing anything, I think he had two things in the works, yeah. but I didn't look into him. I worry that. Because of the character Wolf is so outlandish, he just won't get to do anything as outlandish and fun as Wolf again. I do want him to get more work, obviously, because I, I already I love one show, and I love this. I love this actor. And he, I mean, he was uh, the uh, not funny at all, super serious, wife beating, child beating, dude and preacher. But he again, fantastic actor. He was he did what you wanted to do. You're supposed to hate that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he's awesome. So we we've. Kind of just gushed a little too gushing, long. Gushing, 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 gushing about the show. Probably for too long. Um, but it's all on Hulu. I assume everybody's got Hulu by now. The show's so fun to watch. It is uh, uh, definitely R. It's very raunchy, very gross. There's no nudity or anything besides seeing Josh's. There's nudity. Is there? I thought it was just Josh's big old dong. Penis, big old dong. Hey, that's enough. Full frontal male. I guess. It's prosthetic. But uh, other than that... Uh, don't watch it with your kids. Oh, it <laughs> it's is. not. It may seem all. It may, it may in the first few minutes. It might seem like it's just like a dude playing video games. It might be like a fun family comedy. It's not a fun family comedy. No, there is nudity because. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's that. So yeah, there's nudity. There's some gross nudity right there. Some uncomfortable. I forgot about those scenes. Oh, it's so awful. Um. That's season one too. Yeah, uh, so you're right. You're right. So there is there's nudity and stuff like that. So it's it, needless to say the show's not for kids. So don't watch it with your kids. Um, it and it can be very gross. I mean, it's and violent. Oh, it's a what's well, yeah? They're killers. They very violent, and it sh- it'll show the violence. Yeah, it's popping heads, mm-hmm. stuff like that. The whole scene with the sewer mushrooms. Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh God, yes. So lots and lots and lots of stuff that we've. My, my my brain's just like running. Through I want to talk about scenes. it, but yeah. I don't want to spoil it for people because we've seen the show, so we know we, we want to talk about it for a little bit. But we don't want to spoil it. Yeah, for people who haven't anyway, seen it. 
I think uh, we should probably stop there before we ru- ruin anything else. Uh, definitely, just please watch it. It's so good. Um, you know, it's it's easy to watch. It always is thirty something episodes total, so it's not like it's a it's a, not a huge time invest. People worry about their how much time they're spending on stuff, but it's not a huge time investment. And if you're you should definitely be sold on the first episode. If you're like the comedy of the first episode that kind of maintains that throughout, and then it gets all timey wimey. If you like time travel stuff, and it, uh, I don't know. You got anything else? I will say I was able to find a, a tagline for the TV show. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll get wrap up here. I will. I did think about the obviously one one thing. Uh, that I forgot to do in the social media intro I'll wrap up here as you've been listening to the past couple episodes or you've been following us you know that Blake put out a, a short story on Amazon I knew, I knew I was forgetting something on the front end but you can actually find Blake uh, wrote and published a short story on Amazon if you can go uh, check that out we really appreciate it if you actually read it write a review uh, we, I think I asked before when he initially announced it, don't just, if you're a fan of the podcast, don't go on Amazon and just write a review. Even though you haven't read it, Blake prefers you actually read it and then he'll give an honest opinion of it. Uh, he wants the truth, not just blowing smoke at him. Yeah. Um, but that's, the story is called uh, They Come This Night. If you search that, it pops up right away on Amazon. So we really appreciate the support on that. And that's the one thing I forgot that I'll probably be mentioning in, probably mentioning in the social media stuff. But that's all I got. So I want to say thanks for listening. Uh, hope, hope you come back. <laughs> Keep on listening. This is generally what the show, if you like, again, if you're from the beginning, if you're somebody who came, listened, came, stuck around from the Jeff Wedding episode, then we appreciate you sticking around. But this right here is more along along the lines of what this uh, podcast is normally about. And that's all I got. I'll let Blake wrap up with what he's got. Uh, it doesn't spoil anything, but there's actually a tagline for each season. Mm-hmm. Season one's tagline is the time travel has never made less sense. <laughs> Season two's is it was the best of timelines and it was the worst of timelines. Mm-hmm. And now season three is ripping space and time a new one. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. <laughs>